good afternoon. Oh, excuse me. No, still morning. Still morning. Correction. Good morning. It is just a shade before 11 o'clock here on January the 24th, 2022. We got a frigid day here in the Northeast. Uh, our guests uh, maybe a little bit warmer there. They're a little bit south of here in Richmond, Virginia. But I think this like Arctic blast is stretching all the way to Florida, where I will be, side note, on Wednesday and didn't realize I was going to have to bring all this like warm weather or uh, cold weather clothing where it's going to be like 50 degrees in, in Orlando, where I'll be on Wednesday. But I digress. Uh, we are very fortunate here on a Waking Up With Wandy episode of the Stock Showdown to have two guests here with us today. We have Corey Harris and Julie uh, Traxler, excuse me, Julie Traxler. And I wanna thank the two of them for, uh, you know, cutting out this sliver of time here in this morning. I know that we've uh, had to reschedule a couple of times uh, due to some childcare issues on my end. And I am so appreciative of them accommodating me and my needs. So I appreciate that, Corey and Julie. A little bit background on Corey and Julie. They co-founded S.B. Pace, which is a boutique firm with a passion for Main Street America. Very intrigued to hear all about this. Uh, S.B. Pace significantly increases value in small businesses, uh, which obviously here in the Northeast, we have plenty of uh, small businesses, at least in the town uh, that I hail from here in Sparta. Uh, they also co-host the top-rated BizQuick podcast. Uh, looking forward to putting that in the queue and listening to that. Uh, twice, a le- uh, twice a week, it's a show dedicated to helping entrepreneurs. So uh, not only can they hopefully help my students in, in guiding some of those soon-to-be entrepreneurs, but selfishly, hopefully myself as a budding entrepreneur, and hopefully they can give me some much-needed guidance. So without further ado, Corey and Julie, thank you for joining us, you two. Thank you. We're excited to be on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. So what, um, tell us, tell us about um, SB Pace. I'm, I'm very intrigued to hear all about it and, and how that, I guess, came to be. And, and you know, yes, just let it flow. Uh, tell us all about SB Pace because I'm significantly uh, intrigued here. We started SB Pace as a direct result of the pandemic. We started it because of the pandemic. We, um, you know, very, you know, quick backstory. When the pandemic started, we were both doing consulting for other companies and that work um, quickly came to an end as everybody was kind of shutting things down. We have a lot of family and friends who are small business owners and entrepreneurs. And so we sat down, we literally live across the street from each other. We sat down and, um, started calling on friends and family to ask them what did they need? How could we help? Because we were seeing the really big impact of the pandemic on small business owners. And so we wanted to know how could we help them? Did they need help understanding their financials? Did they need help understanding how to get access to money? Did they need help with, you know, maybe doing a small pivot? And that's really what we thought we were going to be doing. We spending a lot of time on, on um, pivots and helping people with that. Um, we quickly realized that there was um, a lot of help needed. Um, the friends and family that we were calling to offer help to started telling other people to call us. And at this virtually the same time, we decided to write a book. So we wrote a best-selling book on disaster-proofing your small business. And then um, 
we just kind of grew from there. And ironically, while we thought we would be helping businesses pivot, the number one thing that we've been helping people with since we started SB Pace is we've been helping entrepreneurs launch their first business. That's been a big thing that we've focused on. So that's where we are today. We kind of help with um, launching businesses, operational efficiencies, and then um, we both have backgrounds in mergers and acquisitions. So we help people who are getting ready to exit their business. Okay. Thank you very much, Julie. Anything to add to that, Corey? Or uh, she nailed, she hit the nail on the head there. We've uh, we've rehearsed that quite a bit. She's, <laughs> she's pretty, getting it all, all done in one fell swoop. So Very good. Um, all right. So direct result from the pandemic. Now, um, you've seen a, a, a kind of shifts in, in different businesses, perhaps, have you seen over the last two years? Um, you know, entrepreneurs that are first getting started out, like, has there been, you know, more businesses or more entrepreneurs that have tried to start particular businesses over the last two years, as opposed to others? Is it a, a mishmash and it really just a, you know, a whole slew of entrepreneurs just trying to find their passion and take that passion into a business? Can you shed some light on the different types of businesses uh, and entrepreneurs that you've dealt with over the last two years? Yeah, like, Julie said the the biggest surprise to us was the number of of startups who we were working with and not so much existing businesses because we thought that like Julie said we were we were going to help people who were looking for ways to deal with the pan pandemic they were trying to pivot they were trying to find different ways to make revenue when it turns out what really happened was there were just a lot of people who either found themselves unemployed or underemployed or working from home and realize that they don't like their job. Uh, what is a 40, 40 hour a week job when you're working from home probably is more like 20 hours a week. And there's just, there was just a lot of free time and people realized that they wanted to take control over their lives and their careers. And so that's a lot of what a lot of the people we've been working with and it's all across the board. It's product-based businesses, it's service-based businesses, it's, you name it there's people out there who are just trying to figure out ways to make money doing things that they like and that's really what we've been doing is working with people who who are just kind of fed up with that corporate nine to five and that they're looking to just take control of their future and, and people talk about the great resignation or the nobody wants to work and, and all that and i think that especially for service-based industries like restaurants or retail or, I mean, anything where you have to be there in person to do the job, people realize that they don't want to do that anymore. And so it's not that people are unemployed, it's that they found different ways to make money. And a lot of that came in, came along with starting their own businesses. And so that's, that's what we've been seeing a lot of out there. Now, you know, it's, I guess we've grown so accustomed um, to the to the nine to five and you know working in person. And I, I think I love the idea of, of being able to have the flexibility and work remotely. And my wife does it. You know, she she hasn't been into an office in over two years, um, which obviously helps with children is being able to have that flexibility. However, some people just don't have. I guess that type of flexibility to be able to work remotely uh, for various reasons. 
and again, I think this is just a cultural shift that we have to get used to and accustomed to, because quite frankly, I don't see it going away. I don't see it reverting back to what it used to be. Um, will there be a lot of still turmoil and, you know, again, angst, um, while this still continues to develop, will there be again, a lot of, I guess, traction in the marketplace? I mean, again, the unemployment rate numbers are what they are. I think, again, every statistic that's out there is a little bit uh, misleading. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are going to have to reinvent themselves. But I, I think some people are very complacent uh, due to the age that they are that they don't want to change. So do you still see a lot of friction going forward for the foreseeable future as we transition to, I guess, the new way of the new way of working? I I think the answer is yes. We're and that friction is going to come from both sides. It's going to come from the employer and the employee. And almost like when you know the gig economy really started to take off with people being able to drive for Uber or Lyft or DoorDash or whatever, or be able to get these jobs that were very flexible for when they wanted to work. I think employers have to relook at how their teams can work, right? And it, there's such this ripple effect of those changes to, you know, the real estate market and thinking all of these office buildings no longer really being needed or so much space needed, but employers really need to sit down and think about how can we best serve our employees so that they want to come and work for our company? What are the changes that we need to make? What are What's the flexibility that we need to offer? And what sort of values do we want to represent to the people that we're bringing in the door? And do we want those people to represent? And I think that actual like employees need to figure out what do I want to do? What sort of working conditions or working environment do I want? Now there are some things like a restaurant. You can't, you can't do that remotely, right? You got to go into the restaurant to right. serve people. But there are a lot of, there's a lot of flexibility within how that works. Like maybe shifts look different or maybe the way that maybe pay is different or the flexibility in terms of time off and the culture becomes a really big thing. So across the board, I think the friction continues until we get to a point where everybody realizes that there's some give and take in and what it looks like to be both an employer and an employee. And there's there's a lot of that friction between it's kind of the old guard and the new guard. And this yeah. was the direction that we were going as as a as a country and as a society and the culture and all of that. It just was sped up extremely quickly with the pandemic. And people, what's important now, especially to the younger generations, isn't the same that was important to the older generation. So the the things that people value in a job now are much different than what people valued years ago versus you know, stability and uh, just the paycheck, et cetera. People want to be valued. They want to be heard. They want to they want more out of that job than just a paycheck, though a paycheck is a significant part of it as well. And it's it's just an interesting dynamic because you have these younger people who are completely okay doing everything remotely. They grew up in a digital world and having relationships across the internet is completely normal versus some of the older uh, generations where they uh, they value that in-person um, 
interaction. And I've, I've spoken to a ton of people who uh, don't value the, like, let's say that time with their family as much as like, for instance, you do, where the, they, they want, they want to go to the office because they want to get away from their family. <laughs> I, I can't argue against that. Sometimes it's a little easier to uh, go into school and deal with high school students than it is for children at home who are, you know, learning remotely because the pandemic or a, it's a snow day or whatever it is. So um, now what then, you know, again, as we, as we embark upon this shift, which I think you, you nailed the, you know, nailed the, uh, hit the nail on the head there with, we were already trending in that direction. I think Julia, you were talking, um, you know, about Uber and <laughs> I, I did actually happen to drive for Uber and Lyft um, during the summertime because I was off, you know, from school. So it, it just seemed like, you know, a flexible way to make a little bit of extra money. Uh, but like you said, Corey, we were already heading in that direction and the pandemic sped it up exponentially. So what kind of advice do you have for these high school kids who grew up, like you said, in this digital age, who this is just like natural to them? What kind of advice can you give to them? You know, I guess just either A, you know, pursuing higher education, B, jumping right into the workforce. Um, whether that be an entrepreneur or whether that being working for a startup or established company, what kind of advice can you give to high school kids growing up in this day and age, whether again, it's Corey or Julie, I'll, I'll turn it over to either one of you or both. For me, I think best advice that I can give is that to really think hard about the concept of secondary education of the college, right? I'm not for or against college, but I don't think that college is necessary for many, many professions. Now, if you want to be an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer, obviously you need college. But if you want to be, you know, a writer or you want to be an entrepreneur or you are, you have this great product idea, something that's going to, you know, disrupt the marketplace, then you don't necessarily need college. So, looking at really what it is that you want to do. And I, I have always thought that the concept of going straight from high school to college and then taking on all of that debt for a career that, you know, most people I think don't know when they get to college what they want to do. And so you're really spending a lot of time kind of finding yourself And college is so different now in the, you know, COVID era where most of it is, you know, it's distant learning or you're you're learning virtually and so to, to think you're taking on the debt or that type of a thing versus the whole experience of college which you cannot I mean the experience of college is is a wonderful experience and really helps you to form you helps to form you as an adult but if you're looking at becoming an entrepreneur trying to figure out what you're going to do with your life I would say that really strong business this is our bait start with the foundation of one of three things you've either got a great technology that you have developed or that you that you have a concept for a great technology you have a great idea or you have a really strong passion one of those three things and a combination of two or more of those things will help you to be a really successful entrepreneur if you start from that baseline and you grow from there and you don't necessarily 
need college for that. College definitely is that will help you, obviously, but it's not. I don't. I don't think college is a must-have to be, actually, to be anything that isn't a, a professional in this day and age. Yeah, and for for me, twenty years ago plus when I started college, the idea of just going to college to kind of take a couple of years to figure out what you're going to do with your life, totally reasonable. When it was four thousand dollars a semester, <laughs> it's extremely expensive now, and that's a lot of money just to throw away to try and figure out what you want to do. So there's nothing wrong with going to like a junior college for a couple of years just to kind of figure it out to see if that is if that's something that you even want to do. Now, obviously, like Julie said, if you if you're dead set on becoming a doctor, go straight to college. That makes sense. But if you're not really sure what you're what you want to do with yourself, then yeah, definitely take some time. And I mean the other thing is, regardless if you go to college or not, the one thing that I think that every um every young person needs to know is you're not gonna be a millionaire right out the gate. There's going to be a lot of years where you're probably going to be poor or close to it. And there's nothing wrong with that. You're, you're gaining experience. You're gaining knowledge. You don't need to live outside your means. Don't look at whoever it is on the internet and say, oh, well, they're making six figures and they're only 19 years old. That happens so seldom that, you know, that you can't compare yourself against all these success stories on the internet because they're, they're one in a billion, really. Um, and if you're starting a business, be prepared to fail. And there's nothing wrong with that. Start off small. Again, start off with a strong foundation. Understand what your culture is going to be, what you're going to deliver, how you're going to connect with people. In this, in the digital age and, and being remote, we're still humans at the end of the day. So how do you connect with the people who you might never meet in person and, and really just keep it, you know, keep it simple and, and build it as you go. And, and you might have to have two or three things going at the same time. One of them might be successful. You know, just just keep trying and, and just just start. Yeah, can I, I want to add one other quick thing to this. When you're thinking about those people that are in those professional services, like the attorney or the doctor, or the dentist, the engineer, the one thing that we have seen on repeat since we started SP Pace is that people in those fields frequently they are very very good at what they're doing. Right, they're extremely well educated and they're they they specialize. And they're but what they don't get in college that I think a lot of people don't understand is they don't get the education or the training on how to run a business. So if you're going to be like a dentist or a doctor and you're going to have your own practice, make sure that you take some time to understand the foundation of running a business. And frequently those classes are not required in college for those professions. And so you're going to want to either take them as electives or to seek out somebody, hire a coach, a business coach or something to help you so that you can have a successful business as a, do a doctor or an, a dentist or an attorney or something along those lines. Awesome. Awesome. I, I love both of both of the insights on that one. And I'm, you know, kind of myself, selfishly, I'm, I'm starting to think um about these these very topics about secondary education uh because i have an 11 year old a nine year old a six year old excuse me seven he just turned seven over the weekend and this little one here who's now making noise um five months old starting to think and really again the pandemic i think just further put things in perspective about the type of education uh that i do want for my own selfishly children here um and whether college is is the right path because do I really want to start saving, you know, all this money 
month after month after month for, you know, my children's college education, when in fact, do I really want <laughs> these, these children of mine to pursue higher education? Like you both said, you know, if it's going to be a, you know, an attorney, a doctor, a dentist, understandably so, I get it. Um, but I think those are, you know, fewer and far between. And I really am trying to gear my own children along with my students that, you know, be an entrepreneur, consider it. Um, it's not for everybody, but I think the, the rewards are definitely worth reaping as long as you can, you know, put forth the time and effort needed to, you know, that's needed. Um, so <laughs> that's what I'm struggling with too. So I, I really appreciate the insight Co uh, community college. I always emphasize the junior college or the community college. That's where I got my start. And it really, again, allowed me to bang out a lot of those uh, general core classes at a fraction of the cost. We uh, here at my uh, school that I teach at, we offer the kids the opportunity to have um, college credit while they're in high school. So the courses I'm teaching to them, they can actually, if they have the grades for it and they pay a, a very negligible fee, they can actually get college credits while they're actually in high school. And I have a student right now who will be graduating from a community college with her degree or associate's degree before she actually gets her high school diploma. So, you know, that's what I'm trying to emphasize is being able to, again, keep the costs down and find what you're passionate about. So I really, it's and, nice to hear the two of you emphasize that. Yeah. And for me, I mean, the college experience was great. I, I, I left home and never looked back and it, like, I enjoy, like, enjoyed college too much to the <laughs> point where it got me into some trouble, but the, the thing was like, I learned, I was working in restaurants the entire time while I was in college and I learned more and built better relationships working and managing restaurants while I was in, in college and right after college. Then I, I probably learned in, while I was actually in, in classes <laughs> and that experience, I mean, I could have gotten the same trouble without having to spend money on college. So it's like one of those things where as a 19, 20 year old kid, hanging out with a bunch of degenerate restaurant people, you're going to get in trouble regardless. And you're going to have a good time regardless. And so, you know, that's that, like, for me, that was the college experience that I really didn't need to pay for college to do that. But, right. um, and like I said, I, I learned more and made better connections outside of school than I did while I was in school. He still hangs out with those degenerate restaurant connections. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I have a couple of really good, I, I have, I have some good resources for um, your your students, yes. if, if you don't mind, yeah, yeah, that, I can, that I'd love to give. So so two things. First off, one of our, we did a podcast episode um, back in season two, our podcast, um, BizQuick, and the podcast episode that we did, um, with a friend who is a teacher and teaches a very similar courses to, to, it sounds like, what you teach. And we reached out to her and asked her to get some questions from her students on what it's like to be an entrepreneur, just questions around entrepreneurship in general. And we actually built an episode out of those questions and answered them. It's season two, episode 25, and it's called Cougar Academy. And it's a really good episode that the questions literally come from kids who are, you know, thinking about being entrepreneurs. And the second, um, resource that I have is a book that's called the disciplined entrepreneur it's called disciplined entrepreneurship and it's 24 steps to being a successful entrepreneur it's by Bill Allett and it's it really is a roadmap to being an entrepreneur it's a great book and for somebody who's just starting out and considering it 
it breaks it down very well into what it takes to be successful as an entrepreneur. So those two resources, I think, might come in handy for your students. All right. Thank you very much. So you heard it there. We have the BizQuick podcast. Hold on. Uh, season two, episode 25. Did I get that right? You did. It's called Cougar, Cougar Academy. Academy. I love it. I love it. Um, and I think you just inspired me to, rather than me coming up with my own questions for my guests, turn it over to my students. Let, you know, here's, here's going to be our guests for the day. You guys come up with the questions for our guests. Um, I, so I think, I thank you for inspiring me. I think that, you know, this is definitely going to be something I'm going to do moving forward. So I appreciate it. I love it. I'm glad it was helpful. Yes. You got, you got something, something out of this podcast. Oh, absolutely. No, that I, I'm really looking forward to diving into the biz quick podcast. Um, we're getting short on time. So, um, yeah, I had many more questions to ask and this is usually how it goes because I, I just get so enthralled with our guests and we, we just dive deep that I don't even get to the real questions selfishly that I wanted to ask for myself as a budding entrepreneur, but that's neither here nor there. And my, the baby here is making some noise. So uh, any final parting words, uh, Corey or Julie for the uh, Stock Showdown podcast audience? Well, I know that you also talk about uh, sports betting on this podcast. I'm glad you didn't get a, ter we had a terrible week. Wow, what a weekend yeah, it was. So. <laughs> what a weekend. It, that, yeah. I mean, one of the best weekends of pro sports I think I've ever seen. Yeah, um, yeah, it was great. But uh, parting comments, I mean, uh, like I said uh, a little bit ago, it's just, just start. It, like, you're going to get – you're going to mess things up along the way. You're not going to know everything. One thing that everybody, not everybody, a lot of people think when they're starting a business or they're going to launch a product is that it needs to be perfect before they launch. And you're not going to get it perfect. You'll never get it perfect. And so don't let that hold you back. Just start. You're going to make mistakes. Figure it out as you go. And there's plenty of resources out there, whether it's people, books, YouTube videos, teachers uh, that can help you figure it out along the way. And you, Julie, any final party words? I would say two things. The biggest lesson that I learned since we started SB Pace is that support never comes from where you think it's going to come from, right? So, and that's a good thing, right? You think it's going to come from your, you know, your friends and your family. And a lot of times it doesn't as an entrepreneur. So, but that means you're building this whole entire new network of people that are traveling the same path as you and leverage those people and get really good at asking for help because you're going to need it. That's my parting words for anybody who's considering being an entrepreneur. Wow. <laughs> Both of those really resonated with me because that's what I think I'm lacking too is that, you know, when, again, looking for that support from where you think you're going to get it and, and you're not. <laughs> so this right here of us just talking and the other guests I've had is kind of, again, where I'm getting that support that I need. So the two of you, I really appreciate it. Uh, we have Corey Harris and Julie Traxler, and this is your host, Wandy, signing off. Uh, God bless everybody. <laughs>